a few folks are coming in. We thank you guys. We're going to give it another, uh, not long here and, and we'll get started. So, um, I have been here all week. We are in Lewisburg, West Virginia. We're one exit down the highway from <clears throat> the Greenbrier, which is an incredible place. The camp is a little off of the Greenbrier campus. The Browns are there, but Jason's here. Today was the first practice that he saw. So this is our civilized barking podcast catch up. Um, just kind of getting into camp. And Jason, that's what the Browns are doing. You saw today they practiced for like an hour and 20 at most. Uh, but it was a practice, right? There was the first half was individual stuff and attention to detail. And then it was a, a competitive practice, you know, not not in pads yet and not probably full speed anything. I think most of the drills were, right? But um, they went at it. it. It got hot and they broke a sweat. They worked on what they wanted to. And um, there wasn't a standout moment. But I think it, what you saw probably is the same as me. The pass game looks good. Um, the secondary looks good against the pass game, right? And this is a team that we all don't think the talent will be the problem. So we're waiting to see how it all comes together. I was thankful for the clouds today and the breeze. It was insufferably hot when we first got here, when we first showed up on the field, and then it cooled off a little bit. Uh, got a really good look at the defensive line because that's right where we sat. Uh, in the bleachers, the D line work is right in front of us. Uh, pads go on tomorrow. Saturday should be really good practice. It sounds like uh, Mari Cooper might be back tomorrow. I don't think there's really anything there with him. I think it's the fact that it's July and this is a really long and weird preseason for them with the Hall of Fame game and then the, the trip to Philly for joint practices in a couple weeks. And uh, it's just sort of a, it's a little bit of a disjointed preseason. It feels like, and uh, I think you put it best. They just sort of came out here for day camp. And to get away and to break up the monotony of the whole thing. I don't know what major conclusions can be drawn from anything that we see out here, but it's good to be out and be on the field and see guys with the helmets again. Yeah. And I don't think you want to draw any conclusions. I don't think that's, that's the intention at all. And I don't think you can, right. I think you can fairly say, okay, um, the passing game looks good. It's certainly not perfect. Um, even when it looks good, it's, you know, not, there was maybe what six passes in an 11 on 11 setting. Yeah. Right. Guys are getting free release. You're supposed to complete them, but it, it looks good. It's, it's been more up than down. Um, you know, Amari Cooper, I, I totally agree. This is his ninth training camp. The Browns need him when the games count. They don't need him now. Uh, as for next week, a week from tonight, guys, nobody's going to play. Um, yeah. The draft picks will play. Some guys who might be on the edge of the rotation might play a little bit. You know, like James Hudson probably needs to play football. You know, um, the draft picks certainly need to play a lot of the second year guys. Um, they're not going to play. So you're going to see Dorian Thompson Robinson. You're going to see Kellen Mond, the quarterback. You know, you probably won't even see Jerome Ford. We'll see. You'll see Demetric Felton. Um, you hope to see Mike Harley, the little fast receiver who left the field today. Hope he's okay. Uh, you might see a little bit of Jalen Darden, who's really, really fast, the guy I've been talking about, you know, for a while. He made a play today. Yeah. He flashed today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a really good one. That was the first deep one that Watson actually connected on, deep, deep. Now, today he had some some intermediate ones, and I just looked at you said, and just said, Jason, for all the scientific stuff we go through here, if if this team throws it 15 yards down the middle – with some success, they're probably going to win games, right? And that's, that's uh, I don't think, a wild take or something you need to look deeply in, right? There's a lot of motion, a lot of misdirection, a lot of moving the pocket, getting him out of the pocket. 
And when he rips it back across the middle, it's a dangerous throw. Some some are going to get picked, but the ones that go to Donovan Peoples-Jones, the ones that go to Elijah Moore especially, has got a chance to go for a lot of yards. Well, while we're talking receiver, let's stay there. And we were talking a little bit about Marquise Goodwin, and this could be a significant loss for them. Aaron, impactful, whatever word you want to look, whatever word you want to use. You and I are both under the assumption, certainly he's not coming back in September. Uh, very well, it could be the end of his career, but, you know, we're not doctors. We're not going to speculate on that, but I don't think you can count on him for anything this year. That opens up the door for somebody else. So what do, what do you see the receiver room looking like now? It's a little early, I understand, but I think you've got a pretty good handle on how this is going to look. So who does this help uh, for September? Yeah, I mean, Marquise had a role envisioned where from 15 to 25 snaps a game, he was going to come in and play on the outside, and he was going to stretch the defense. So even when it didn't go his way, the safeties were going to have to adjust, and that was going to open things up for David Njoku for Elijah Moore. So those are the first two guys that I think probably get more touches, um, you know, which they were they were in line for a lot of them anyway, specifically Elijah Moore. I think it opens the door for Elijah to do more of that downfield stuff because they're going to need to stretch the field. And they think Watson's, um, you know, good enough to do that. Obviously I think it gives Jalen Darden a legitimate chance to make the team. And then a little bit of the wild card guys is Jakeem Grant, who he was out there today. Um, he was catching the punts and he was running around. Um, he's been in every other practice, you know, we're just coming up on like 51 weeks from his injury He's an older player, and we just haven't seen him since the injury, and we're not seeing him now. So I have not really even put him in the realm of the 53. Now, if we're seeing him in two weeks, will that change? Sure. And can the healthy Jakeem Grant help this team? Yeah. I mean, the Browns gave him 3 or $4 million uh, you know, last year in free agency because they thought that he could. They thought he was one of the best returners in the league. They were really bad there, and they thought he had enough pop to, to kind of help him in the other stuff. So we'll see how that goes. You know, from a competitive standpoint, the only two days that Kevin Stefanski cares about in camp are the two days in Philly. So the good, the bad, the environment, the little things, the who's there, the who's not, all that goes into it. And you obviously you want the passes completed, but he's more focused on guys staying healthy, guys getting to the right place. So I think he probably has to like what he sees from the passing game. But with the nod of this being very early, both in terms of let's not crown anybody and let's just they're just trying to get the hell out of here with only three or four injuries. That's that's really the goal. They're they're, they're This is daycare. <laughs> they're they're team bonding that they hope will show up later. And when they go home on Sunday afternoon, they want most guys to be available for practice on Tuesday, because for the veterans, that's going to be the only work next week uh, because they're not going to play at all uh, in, in the game on on Thursday in Canton. You've been here longer than I have. I just got here last night after almost driving off the side of a mountain on 64 on the, on the way here, but you've seen all the snaps. What is your great takeaway from, I mean, it's almost been a full week now that you've been here. What is your great takeaway on Deshaun and and just any other headlines that you've seen coming out of this? Well, you know, we didn't see much for three days, but I can go back to the six or whatever it is. Six, I think open practices in the spring. Um, Deshaun looks a lot better. And even saying I'm not caring about the completions in, in the mini camp, especially the one day when he got hot. And I'm not saying I don't care. I'm saying I'm way more interested in the body language and the way he went about it than what the results are in some seven on sevens. Right. And he looks like a different guy. So that has to be progress. Um, it is, there's been a lot of Elijah Moore 
what I've noticed here is a lot of Donovan Peoples-Jones. So I look in the chat and I see the question. Yeah, he's going to get opportunities. Now, when Amari's in there, guys, he's the number one receiver. And I just think a lot of things flow so much smoother with him in there. But these other guys are going to make plays. They're going to throw a lot. They're going to spread the ball around. And there's going to be a lot of designed motion for Deshaun to get a read on Elijah Moore, on the defense in general. And there's going to be some stuff to, to get Elijah some of those quick touches on slip screens and quick stuff. He, he's lining up all over the place. And we're seeing option plays. We're seeing college formations with guys running in different directions and, you know, getting into option plays and that leading into other stuff. So, you know, we're not seeing what we're going to see in games from the defense. And we're just seeing really a grab bag of everything more than say like six, eight plays in a row in a certain formation for the offense. But I think it is fair to say this is going to be a three wide team. And this is going to be a team that wants to move the pocket, let Watson create, let him improvise and they think they have the guys around him to be much more dangerous when he does improvise than they had last year. I saw a question about David Bell. We haven't really touched on him. You and I spoke about him briefly today during practice. I, I think he's on this team, right? Because it's only year two, I think. Am I wrong? No, I think he's on this team right now. I think right now he's way on the right side of the 53. I don't. I haven't seen a thing to tell me he's one of the best 53 but that doesn't necessarily matter, right? I think he's on the team. So he's the guy you'll see next week. Um, I see the other question in there. Schwartz just had his first practice today. He's very limited. I would imagine that you'll see him next week too because he's got to play. And yes, you'll see Dewan Jones. I think you'll see Dewan Jones play at least half the game. I mean, they only have four backup tackles as it starts, as it is. And this is a position that everybody in the league needs more guys there. So, the Browns need Dewan Jones to be ready to play because they don't. It's a long season, and because they've lost, you know, they haven't gotten full seasons out of their tackles, and it's hard to imagine that you do, right? So, the idea I think is to redshirt Dewan Jones, but part of that idea is in the preseason he has to play to get better, and they have to evaluate how close he really is. Is Tillman their biggest receiver? I saw it today. I, he's he's good size. Yeah, he is. Dalen Baldwin's pretty big too, and and he's been getting a little burn. A little more than I thought, you know, with Amari out and with with Schwartz out. But yeah, Tillman's good size. You notice that he's big and he's smooth. Haven't seen a ton of him. I think today, you know, you saw three or four go his way, and that's probably why you brought him up. That that's more than yeah. we've really seen outside of one sequence. But yeah, he he's starting to come on. So I'm anxious to see more of him for sure. And you know, I think he's on the outside looking in of the current rotation. But that's understandable. He's a rookie. This is his fourth fifth training camp practice, right? I think they feel like that he'll catch almost everything and that'll give him a chance to play. And again, like I just don't see David Bell as good as the other guys. Jalen Darden right now is, is better than David Bell. And I'm not trying to put David Bell down. I just don't think Schwartz is going to make the team. And I think Jalen Darden's better than David Bell. And then again, like today's July, whatever. I don't even know. I've I've been in West Virginia for like three and a half weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, after those Philly practices and after that Philly game, when that'll be basically the second game where it's all young guys, I think then we'll have an idea of, okay, this guy's on the team. This guy's in the top group of the bunch that's the bubble, which is five, six, eight, ten guys, right? And this guy's falling behind. So I, I just don't think it's fair um, to do it right now, you know, after a few practices. Because honestly, like Darden catches that nice one from Watson down the sideline today. That's the first time I've seen him even get that opportunity. And it's the first one I've seen them hit. He's hit a lot. Watson's hit a lot of really impressive ones in the middle. 
but that's the first one on the outside they've hit. When we're talking about size, switch to the other side of the ball. Okoronko is tiny. I mean, he's smaller. Right. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. He looks like a defensive back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had to go get Zadarius Smith because they needed a starting defensive end. And, you know, that's not a real ringing endorsement of Alex Wright either, although I think Alex is going to get a chance to play. Yeah, yeah Okoronko is a pass rusher. And so they want him to play on second and long and on every third down. And they want him to come flying fresh off the bench and speed rush after those tackles have been mixing it up with Zadarius and Miles um, and all of those guys. So, yeah, so this is a really big stretch. Like Isaiah Thomas has a chance to make this team and the guys in charge like him, you know, seventh rounder from a year ago who played a little, uh, had one or two plays, but was inconsistent, right? Just didn't show up in the stat sheet at all. And then they drafted Isaiah McGuire. You know, haven't seen a ton from him, but really haven't seen a lot out of that defensive line except for those drills. So, Jason, I think it comes down to, you know, they're, they they feel better about defensive tackle. It's still not a strong spot. Yeah. They paid Dalvin Tomlinson a lot of money. He's been around a long time. They need him to be good. They need him to plug it. But they're still going to get gashed by the run because that's just the style of defense they're going to play. And basically what they're saying is we are going to score more points. Our quarterback's going to be much better. Our defense is going to take the ball away more. And if you let us get a lead, we are going to blitz the shit out of you, and then we're going to have Nick Chubb rested and ready for the fourth quarter. So, again, it's not that easy, and there's a whole lot more that goes into it, but it's still a simple blueprint. It's still blocking and tackling, using your best players. And I think we all feel pretty good about the Browns' best players, and we'll just see how the process goes of building those leads and forcing those turnovers and everything. It feels like they should do, but we have to see it come together. Uh, question from Kevin, do the Browns envision going into week one with the current running back group or would they try and sign a veteran? I know there's been talk about a veteran running back. I don't know if they necessarily need one. Do you? I think they're fine with what they've got. Uh, and if it's not running back, do you think there's another position where they could have a, a late ad here into camp? Yeah, I, I don't think they have any intention of making an ad, even if they think they need one right now. I think it's all these young guys in these preseason games. It's Jerome Ford is the clear number two. And then as you get to the back half, are the young guys healthy? Is one of them standing out? Is one of them got a chance to make it on special teams like Felton? You know, could John Kelly play on special teams if you need him? Um, you know, they certainly would keep an eye on the market. And they even tried out some other running backs in the spring just to see. But they've gone with this group so far. And, yeah, I see two guys who are only making the 53 for sure. But I don't think it's a priority. I think they're – I think the only priorities are, you know – getting and keeping those linebackers healthy. They lost a guy yesterday, um, letting the receiver group sort itself out. And then, you know, just kind of making sure you, you like what you see at D tackle. You like what you see at safety and these other guys. I, I, I just, I, I think they will explore adding a veteran running back, but I can't imagine it would be until the third week of August and maybe not until the week before the season. Uh, we talked about this on another platform, so I guess we better talk about it uh, with the place that actually pays us. The Perrion Winfrey thing, uh, long overdue for him to be released. I don't know why it took as long as it did, but regardless, do you think that they need to bring someone else in as a camp body at that spot, or are they good with where they're at? I know we talked about tackle earlier, but just specifically about the Winfrey situation and if they need to have another body here for him. Yeah, it's interesting that they're only going with seven defensive tackles, but I feel like they think they can – they can get through it. And then the next ad will be a defensive tackle or a linebacker. And I see a question in the chat and it's kind of been an overarching thing. Like if they do go get a real veteran, right. I think Jason, like three days before they left, they had a tryout and they, they tried out like 10 or 11 guys 
you know, three linebackers, a receiver, a tackle, all of that. That is like the emergency, emergency list for who we call if we need to get through practice, yeah. who we call if we need a guy to eat 15 snaps on no notice in next Thursday's game. Right. But then the other thing is what we talked about, the priority. Where do we really think there's a hole? Where do we really feel like, OK, it's not going to happen for this guy, for Tommy Togiai or for Anthony Schwartz or for all that. Right. And, and these guys deserve the chance to play and go through. And obviously you want your own guys to make it. You know, I think part of the re- there's two reasons it became a talking point last summer when they keep kept all their picks. Well, of course you want to and you want to build this way and you've committed to this roster. And then the flip side is, well, you're just not seeing it from those guys. And once you get past the second camp, don't you know who these guys are? And I think that's in most cases you do, right? So they signed Austin Watkins because they needed a receiver. You know, if Harley's down, if Amari's down, if Schwartz isn't getting back in the drills, they're going to need another receiver. But, you know, as far as like actual ads, I think defensive tackle would be the front of the list. And I think after the Hall of Fame game, you'll probably, you know, barring something crazy happening to a draft pick or something like that, you'll probably see him add a defensive tackle or a linebacker then. Uh, let's go back a couple of days. Jimmy and D spoke a couple of days ago, talked about stadium issues and a few other things. Andrew Barry spoke before them. Any headlines come off of that? Anything that you gleaned from that? Uh, you were there for both of them. I was not. So anything stand out to you from anything that they said? Yeah, you know, I have not been deeply in the stadium thing. You and I have talked about it. I know you've written about it from time to time. That What stood out to me was it was a completely different answer. Yeah. In terms of, okay, we came out of the owners' meetings thinking, okay, the best plan is renovate the stadium. Let's see how it goes. And this time around, Jimmy was very clear that, that's their preference, but he was not saying it was the best plan. He was saying they're open to anywhere in Northeast Ohio. These things take time, and we'll see. So I, I don't think he was flat out laying it out there. But, you know, the stadium naming rights are up for grabs right now, Jason, and they, they're, they're going to bring in some money, and they're going to look at what they can do with that money. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I think they get left behind if they don't build a dome. But I understand that there's not a lot of spots. So to me, the biggest thing there is that it's, it's just a totally different statement um, than we got, what, four months ago? Yeah, March. And, yeah, I don't think anything was going to happen in that four months anyway, even if they had a plan, like, firmly, because it just this does take so long. I think it was an intentional changing of the answer to say, hey, we're, we're, not down, we're not far down any one road, and we're open to other roads if they're open. You know, as far as Andrew... You know, he talked about the running back pay structure. He talked about Deshaun's leadership. He talked about moving on from Perry on Winfrey. He used a lot of big words. He gave some thoughtful answers. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> he doesn't. Um, we heard from Deshaun. You know, he said, the he, he, again, it was just the same thing that we've seen, right? He's a different guy in terms of body language. He's a different guy in terms of comfort level. Um, I thought he made one big screw up and, and – Use you know using the word media narrative at the same time because the media didn't do this to Sean you did right but um, we have to presume he's telling the truth and he's the quarterback of the Browns and it's time for him to deliver on that and that's how he's going to be judged so anybody who's felt super strongly one way or the other about Deshaun Watson the person nothing's happened to change that and nothing will um, you know we're here to watch him and and they're here. Uh, because he needs to get on the same page with these guys and they want to they want to have this offense ready to rock and roll six weeks from Sunday. And I think they're going to beat the Bengals because I think you're going to hit them with the element of surprise with all this different stuff. And this Elijah Moore is a weapon. 
and you know Deshaun doing all these different things, and then we'll just see as they go, you know, how sustainable it is. Um, do they take care of the ball? You know, do they not forget about Nick Chubb? Do they keep these guys healthy and go? I mean, a healthy Amari Cooper is going to have a big season yet again, right? I mean, a healthy Elijah Moore looks like he's going to have a big season. But who else is it going to be? And are they going to be a lot better in terms of finishing drives and just having everybody on the same page, being able to build right away and win two, two minimum of those first four and preferably like something like three of the first five? Because if not, you're in a big hole, it's going to be hard to get out of. You know, you touched on something, and I might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but I hadn't really thought of it this way, I think, before. But this has to be a really hard team for Cincinnati to game plan for because you really have no idea what's coming. This is a completely – I mean, it's the same coach, but it's – you know, Deshaun said, and it's kind of common – it should be common sense or fairly logic that uh, it's a whole new offense. Everything's different. New personnel, how do you scheme – if you're Cincinnati, if you're in the defensive room, how do you – what are you scheming against? How do you know what you're going to see? It just seems like yeah, I mean, this really is an opportunity for them to catch them with an element of surprise. Yeah, the main reason I say the Browns are going to win that game, Jason, is because Cincinnati's D coordinator is one of the best, and they've been really good at the end of the years. But that's because they're getting, they're finding themselves, and they're knowing what other teams are doing. They don't have it. I mean, they have an idea of what they're getting hit with with the Browns, right? But they don't know. They, they the offense they saw from Watson in his second start last year. It's going to look similar, but it's going to be nothing, right, in terms of firepower, execution, mystery, comfort level, Deshaun and Kevin being able to actually, you know, have all that to go back on. So, um, yeah, between the Bengals having a new offensive line and the Browns being so new, Browns have a chance to win that game. Now, the Bengals have Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase, right? It's going to be tough. It's not like it's going to be easy. I just think the Browns have an opportunity in that game, and I I think – no doubt Kevin is not running from this whatsoever. He knows they have to have a good start, right? And so he has talked to everyone. Do we want to play guys more in the preseason? What can we do differently? I don't think the answer is I don't think they can put too much in any one game. I think they have to trust what the way they think they can do it. They have to trust the work they've done over the last few years in playing these division games. You know, they've played the Bengals and the Steelers a lot in the last 16 months. You know, only once each with Watson, right? But they got to trust that what they know and and go and and hope that Miles and Zadarius can help them win and and I think they can so um, that that to me is you're not going to do anything crazy in the preseason but the urgency is certainly lost Jesse I see in the chat you're saying you said Newsom is still playing in the slot even though he tweeted he wouldn't be no he did tweet that once and then he spent the whole rest of the spring walking back he's the slot so they're mixing in different guys. But he's, he came out and said it's a totally different defense. He didn't like his role. He's fine with it here, and he is the slot. So um, he looks good. He and Emerson both. <laughs> I mean, we, we've been hard on their drafting, and, and, and we're right. But, man, Emerson got a chance to be not good. Like He's got a chance to be phenomenal. He had a great pick today, red zone pick off, uh, off to shine. I think Emerson could be one of the best in the NFL. And to get him where they got him. Yeah, they've they've had a lot of misses, but that could that could absolutely be a home run. I want to get back to the stadium issue real quick, but I saw it uh, looks like Jesse had one more. Demetric Felton making the team. What will his role look like? Third down back, even with you got to read. You got to read, Jesse. I've been writing all this stuff for the last three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he Demetric Felton is on the outside looking in of the fifty-three, but he's in the punt return line. 
He's probably the third back right now. And he's the only guy of the bunch that's actually played third down back, even though it's only been a few snaps in, in a game. So he's got a chance to, um, he's a great kid. He will do anything they've asked him to do. And so they would like to be so talented and so healthy that he's not one of the top 53, but he's got a chance. And again, that'll be one of those decisions. You know, one thing I don't think they've been very good at Jason is judging, you know, when a young guy's coming on, right. And Emerson, I think was an exception because he was so good and it was obvious right away. And even when he, he was, he got in there and teams started throwing to him and he just kept making play after play. Right. Um, is, is judging, okay, where, where do we have an emerging young guy? Where can we, where can we take a chance? Where do we have to be open to making a change? So I think a lot of that will come natural because it is a new coordinator. And I think shit, unless you're Dalvin Tomlinson, there's snaps to be won or lost for anybody at defensive tackle. You know, if you're not Garrett and Zadarius Smith, there's, there's snaps for on that edge and occasionally in the middle for you to win because everybody's got a blank slate. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, and a receiver, it's a pretty clear three. And, and, and you're right, good one could be a loss because of the way you change the defenses. So now if you're Tillman, if you're even Schwartz or Bell or Darden or Dale and Baldwin, like you got a chance to win one of those other roles. And then ultimately how they keep the 53 and make the active 46, we'll see. But guys should see opportunity here over these next few weeks. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. You've talked about it briefly, but in terms of the stadium issue, I'm fairly convinced they're just they're going to go build a new stadium somewhere else. And I think a lot of this was posturing, the whole idea of renovating it. I think it was just posturing so that they can look at the city and throw their hands up and say, we tried. Uh, we're not getting a lot of cooperation. We're going to go do our own thing. It feel, And, you know, Jimmy made it clear the team's not going anywhere. And I do believe him with that. They're not taking the Browns again. They can't. Like, it's literally illegal. Like, there's state laws now after they've lost the Browns the first time. So that part is not similar. But the the deeper we go on this and the more that I talk to people, it, there is, it, it feels like it's the 90s all over again where the city, it, it's, it's, there's just not a lot of cooperation between the two, and between the two sides. And it just doesn't, it feels like they're just slogging through this right now. And uh, I, I just, I think that the Browns days on the lakefront are limited. I've said for years, go to 480 and 77, build whatever you want, build a palace out there, put mixed use around it, retail shopping, apartments, and print the cash. And ultimately, I think that's where this is going to wind up. I think it's exactly how it's going to go. I think they're going to leave the lakefront. And in terms of waterfront development and all that that they've talked about, I think it's all posturing and it's never going to happen. And I don't know what will become of that plot, but I don't think there's going to be a stadium on it for much longer. Just my two yeah, you know. No, and I tend to agree with your two cents, but I don't know more. You know, I, I have not put more into it than writing about it at the meetings and being involved in that discussion. And you doing radio and internet TV over the last couple of months, you've probably talked about it way more than I have. Um, I tried to fish around with some people in the weeks after the meetings and I got nowhere. And whether they just weren't telling me or they just didn't know, my guess would be they just don't know. Right. But, um, yeah, I just I don't know a ton about that. I would tell you, and I'm and I'm writing this in something that's going to be up tomorrow. I think uh, there will be a lot more support for how they want to do it if things things go well the next couple of years with Deshaun Watson. Right? That's right. <laughs> um, so so yeah, there's that part of it. I saw a question about Cade York. Uh, he's only kicked once here in an official setting. I mean, in this mountain air, he kicks it to Roanoke. He looks good. <laughs> he's got uh, Cade York is extremely talented. 
and guys after starting eight of eight last year, he went 50% the rest of the way, and that's not acceptable. So they changed special teams coaches for a reason. Cade was the youngest player on the roster last year. They want him to be better. They need him to be better. I think he will be, but are we going to know until we see it? No, we're not. Cool setup they have here uh, with the two practice fields. And then you mentioned the turf field. I walked by and saw the turf field. I still have no idea how you get down there unless you rappel down to it. But uh, <laughs> it's a it's a neat setup. Apparently, there's talk that some NFL team is coming here during the season. Uh, I heard the Ravens. I don't know if that's accurate or not. It's a little odd for Baltimore to come here during the season, I think. But uh, um, it's it's a nice facility. The Ravens are a team that had considered this for training camp. Um, it's not, you know, it's not all that far, right? Right. Uh, they got to a certain point in the road, and the owner said, "No, we're not taking away from from our fans." So, if they would come here during the season, it might just be a break to monotony type of thing. I, I frankly don't know their schedule as far as where the bye week is and everything with that. Um, the Cardinals have come here in season. The Niners have come here in season. The Texans and Saints have have had camps here. It is a beautiful facility. I'm sure when you you went down there this morning and you start to go you go down that mountain and then up, aren't you like, holy shit, where am I where am I going here? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, and then there's always cloud cover when you get there early in the morning. And today we got lucky because it stayed for about 45 minutes longer, but uh, it opens up and it's hot. So Stefanski's an afternoon practice guy, and he always has been. But they're doing it in the mornings here, and I think guys, like I haven't been outside in two hours, but I think it's 89 degrees and it's hot as hell. So I know it's hot at home too. Right, but we're, I think, 220 miles south of Cleveland. I mean, we are as far south in West Virginia as you can go without being in Virginia. Yep. And yep. And miles from anything, or 50 miles from Beckley, West Virginia, which isn't by anything. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty far, pretty far out here. You mentioned the Texans, and I have to wonder if that's why we're here, because Deshaun came here in 2018. I wonder if that's got anything to do with it. Um, partly, I, I think in general, I think Kevin looked at the schedule and said. We have to break the monotony, and I have to babysit these children. <laughs> and then he pretty much admitted the other day that if other teams had not been here, it probably wouldn't have been here, but he said it was going to be somewhere. You know, hmm. the, the only reason – well, there's two reasons that teams got away. Almost everybody used to go away for Camp Jason, and now I think only seven of the 32. Yeah, I, That's not an exact number, but it's something like that. You know, Camp just became lesser with the new CBA. And also, teams were putting so much money into their facilities that ownership was saying, and then the coaches were saying, hey, we have this weight room here and this training room that we need. I can't go to some Division II college in the mountains. Right, right. Right? So it's just harder. And so it's a huge, huge commitment from everybody here um, to be here for the week and, and to do this. And then, uh, like I said, just one practice at home on Tuesday. It does suck that they've taken it away because it's training camp, even though the setup is not ideal. The Browns have done a good job of trying to maximize it, trying to let as many people in to be that up close, you know, to the team. And I think they get eight practices over the course of the month. There won't be a lot of actual practices, <clears throat> but if you want to go, you'll go. And then, like I said, Tuesday will be there. Kevin will talk about the Hall of Fame game, but we know the answer is all backups. And then they'll play on Thursday with all those backups. Joe will get inducted on Saturday, and then the Browns will have two real practices on Saturday and or on Sunday and Monday coming off the Hall of Fame as they ramp towards that only home preseason game, which is on August 11th. And I'll be on the beach. I'll leave the morning after uh, for Outer Banks, the morning after Joe's induction. So 
But yeah, it's just a little bit long and disjointed of a preseason this year with the Hall of Fame game. So I understand why he's doing this. Uh, and then they'll come home, as you said, for a few days, and then out to Philly and then home again. So I think it's, what did you say, eight? I thought it was nine open practices to fans. Certainly a significantly less number than previously. Uh, but there will be opportunities for fans to go out there and sweat with the rest of us if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, like I said, that that's Sunday and Monday. One of those at least will be a real practice. And then the following Sunday is when they leave for Philly to go out there for those two days. So I'll be at those. Um, that will be interesting. It was a real eye-opener last year. And the Browns obviously had that turmoil, right? But it was a real eye-opener to see how good Philly was. Yeah. Um, you know, just to see how Sirianni runs things. And they really brought it to the Browns. And so I'm interested to see you know, what the counterpunch is this year, because there's a real balance between, okay, we're showing up and we're trying to prove ourselves. And then what Freddie Kitchens did in Indianapolis <laughs> that year. And so, you know, like last year, shit, it was Friday in Jacksonville where Deshaun played and it was awful. Yep, yep. Right. They came home. They had a practice on Sunday. Jacoby was put in as the number one QB. I think the decision came on like Tuesday on the appeal and the Eagles were here Thursday and Friday. So the Browns were playing with this cloud of everything with Jacoby in the huddle for like the third day. Miles was gone for personal reasons. He had a family member dying. Someone else wasn't there. And like they, you know, were just trying to figure things out with a new QB and the Eagles came in and, and beat them up. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't, you don't judge. They don't tackle to the ground. So you don't judge the Browns when you don't tackle Nick Chubb. And you certainly don't judge the Eagles when people aren't hitting Jalen Hurts. But that those two days were like, okay, um, the Eagles are good. And the Browns have a long way to go. And then we saw where their seasons went. So, um, yeah, we'll see. The, the top-end talent on this Browns roster is really good. And they've got to get the timing down with the offense. Like, one point we looked at each other today and I just said, it's absurd to be sitting here and evaluating every throw of the highest-paid player in league history. But this is what we got, right? Because the last we saw, we saw him, it was not good. Yep. And if this offense doesn't find that next year and then probably the one after that, then it's going to be trouble. So uh, in that realm, these practices do matter. All right, wrap us up and get us out of here. Yeah, so um, we'll be doing podcasts. We'll, we'll have all sorts of reports from here. Again, we'll be here each two or three more days. The Browns will be back uh, in Berea on Tuesday, in Canton on Thursday. We'll have all that covered. So thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. Subscribe if you haven't. Uh, we, we will do these periodically throughout camp, and uh, we'll have you covered in every angle. So. Um, it's time. The other teams are just reporting across the league, you know, over these next few days, depending on how coaches do it and structure it. And the Browns basically have a weekend, so uh, they'll try to finish strong here in Greenbrier. I think it'll be their most intense practice on Saturday, something real simple on Sunday, and then then back to work. And then basically the starters get almost a week off, so they'll be fresh. And that's the point of camp that you really turn from installation and basics to, to letting it go a little bit, and that's what we want to see is this offense trying to let it go and get to that next level. I think it's a good start, and that's all it is is a start. Uh, thank you guys for listening and doing all that, and we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.